artistic intuition and how we might trust that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the question is, how do I learn to trust my own initial, sorry, intuition within my creativity? Yeah. Um, first of all, who was the, who came up with this question? Uh, I think it was from something I was reading. Right. Okay. Because um, basically, it's it's about understanding what you're doing without giving it a kind of cohesive re cohesive reason, isn't it? You're doing uh, something in, intuitively. You're doing it instinctively. Not really. It's 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 about. Um, so if you're trusting your intuition, you're kind of trusting that you know when, what and when you're doing something. So it's like your you. Judgment. You're trusting your yeah, judgment. Yeah, it's it's like you with your painting. You know, you kept posting, oh, I might be finished now. I might be finished now. I might be finished now, and you're just fiddling and fiddling and fiddling and fiddling. Uh, There's always that one fiddle that's one fiddle too far. Right. And Is I that think right? it, it's that, isn't it? It's trusting that that no, I have a finish now. Even if you're not particularly happy with the end result, it's yeah. that, no, it's done. I have finished. Mm. I have I, I, I don't think I'm ever in that state where I'm absolutely finished. No, no one is. But there's always, you'll always just fiddle it. And this, this is the problem. You'll fiddle and fiddle and fiddle. And there's, there's that one fiddle that goes from, I'm not happy because it's not finished, to I'm not happy because I wrecked it. Yeah. But there yeah, isn't there absolutely. isn't a point in between those two fiddles. Yeah. So so in another in other um another way of kind of looking at it then if you're thinking about making things finished is trusting your audience. Uh, it's allowing it's allowing the audience to see something you are not necessarily happy with. I think is is the. The thing, isn't it? I know, but then again, you shouldn't actually admit that, should you? I don't know. I think there's a slight amount of power in it, actually. I I like I like discussing things that I'm not happy with within my work. I love doing that because I love hearing other people's perspective on mm. what they're seeing and how they're seeing it. And I actually I really enjoy talking to my audience about about my work and where I feel that it's not gone right. And then listening to how they interpret the things that I see as wrong. Because they always right. see it very, very differently. And I love listening to that. And that I often use that to inform my work. In fact, well, that's I, really nice that you're having conversations about your work. Because I don't really do that. <laughs> with anybody. No, but I do. I, I love that. I mean, I've, I've had the amount of conversations I've had with Tim. This is how I met Tim, really. Mm -hmm. But the amount of conversations I've had with Tim where he's come out and he said, oh, this, that and the other happened. I was like, well, that was completely unintentional. <laughs> I didn't mean for any of that. But it's really interesting that, that somebody can go in and they can see all of these things and they can mm -hmm. experience all of these things. And then come away with an experience that is completely their own, and I think there's there's that kind of that trusting in your own intuition in to actually sort of say right, I've come to an end. Mm. This is where this is finished. I mean, 
That's um, that's a, a good thing about sound installations. You remember me talking about your piece, um, your Nesson piece. Yeah. Of, um, I guess I'm wanting to go back in. Yeah. I mean, you're you're constantly doing that, aren't you? You're just trying to trust whether you know you you've had enough, or you want to go in and listen to more, and can you listen for a bit more? You know, and that's the beauty of um of sound installations. I think is that when you know if you go anywhere, um, I've, I've had things that have been set up. Um, uh, in you know, in arts and in galleries and things like that, where people have had to walk in, it's there all the time. Um, that was you know, that was like twenty years ago, but it was something that was in a gallery about um, uh, the change of 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 the, the woman becoming more of a chameleon, um, sort of um, developing and all, all the makeup and everything becoming part of the surrounding. It was all quite complex, but there was different feedback that we got from that. But like I say, because I don't do any sound installations as such, you're kind of doing a, a one one ride thing, and you've got to, everything that you've got to encompass has to be in that um, performance piece. I think and, still... um, and I think and I think you you actually have changed my my opinion with that because you're treating the music as if you would be treating the sound installation. Because one of the things that you said to me was that um, you know. Um, it, it's it's um, some of the improvised stuff that we do, you know. It depends on on how we feel and what the audience is like and, and how we're gonna um, be able to use that to feed or fuel our creativity or fuel the sort of things you know the the the, the feel of the room. Um, so 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 I think what I'm trying to say is what I think is that that live performances should be more like sound installations. Because we're not doing three-minute songs. No. We're doing things that will kind of like just feed into um, the next one. And I don't really want, and we discussed this as well, I don't really want that stop. Like, Becky, that was song number one. No. And now this is song number two. No, 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 because it, it should, I think that what we're doing is more like um, like a theatre production than, than a gig. So, But I think, mm. I mean, at the risk of sounding hippy-dippy, a lot of what we do depends upon the energy in the room and it is that was, that's the word i was looking for the energy in the room yeah so if if the audience is uh up and energetic then the likelihood is is, is we're going to be slightly more energetic in what we're doing because mm. we are kind of we're interacting with our audience differently it's not stage miles away audience there's there's much more intimate kind of interaction with, with well, what I, we're doing. To be fair, you know, it's only over the last maybe couple of years I've actually started thinking about the audience. Because it's always been about me. It's how I feel. But that's normal. You know, not the audience at all. I mean, if the audience was even a consideration, it was like, let me just get this over and done with and let me just go out somewhere and just forget it happened. You know, and, and I like... I like trying to get myself more absorbed in, in being an artist. I, I, um, think, I think we've both dealt with performance anxiety in different ways there. You, you've kind of bottled it inward and, and kind of gone, mm. right, I'm, I'm going to get this over and done with as quickly as possible. I'm going to get through this. And, and, it, and, and just, just me. I'm here. Look at me. Do my thing. Get off the stage. Whereas I've gone about it differently, where I've kind of pushed my performance anxiety outward and made it about the audience so you're not looking at me you're not concentrating on me 
it's about mm. you. And I think all we've done is we've taken the same problem and dealt with it differently. Yeah. And that's... Well, like, I say, like I say, all the time when I'm creating, I am considering the other things. It makes it far more exciting um, because it, it makes me want to stay on the stage for longer, hopefully. Um, you know, I'm not trying it out yet, but... Um, but yeah, you know, I feel more confident in my ability than I than I have. Um, so so I just I'm just hoping that will pay off. But um, as opposed to trusting my instincts, um, I'm I'm very um, curious about myself. I I I, I don't know. I don't, I don't trust myself at all. Um, I think my creative. Um, the creative vein that I have is is spontaneous and sometimes I can't capture it again so it's very difficult it's almost trying to catch this kind of you know when you're hitting the hammers down the little hamsters that come out that's 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 sometimes that's sometimes how I feel because um, I have such a low um, I have such low self-esteem yeah but I think that that's that's where we've we've kind of come to the the way that we both perform in in that it it's that sort of you you've internalized and I've externalized mm. I've pushed it out so that it's it's I've made it about everybody else everybody else don't look at me don't see me don't 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 hear me just I'm not here <laughs> yeah. I've almost I've tried I've tried to perform without performing, mm. which in and of itself is a very interesting concept. Whereas you've kind of done the other way around where you've become a performance, but but not really considered the audience at all. Mm. There, there's like that. It's like I, I look back at those photos of the Antarctic thing we did for the winter sounds in the um, I remember Dan saying, oh, it's just the personality showing, it's like, you know, uh, there's there's Harry there that won't keep still and everything, you're hidden under <laughs> the blanket in the middle. Hear no evils, hear no evils. We should have just stood there like that. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it? Absolutely. But, um, you know, I, I was I was feeling really ill on that performance. I remember I had that um oh, you were, shin splint you? and yeah. I was on cocodamol and I was really off my head and I had half a lager and I thought this is gonna go really badly. Yeah. And um, and I quite enjoyed it, but it was it, it was just afterwards when I started getting bad feedback when you don't expect it. Um, it kinda knocks your confidence, doesn't it? It does, it does. You, know, you, you yeah. expect it, so you expect the audience to settle a bit and think about what they say before they start making comments, you know. Yeah. Well, but um, I was thinking about um, this kind of trust with um, and our, our relationship as a kind of duo. Um, it was quite interesting the conversation we had last night because I think we're coming at it from two completely different places. This this hammer of the witches thing because I I'm seeing it as quite aggressive in parts and you're seeing it as is kind of, well exactly as you said you're pushing your anxiety out into the audience so that's what that's what you're doing whereas I'm you know I'm 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 a, a, a troubled witch 
and I was thinking we really need to kind of visualize what we're doing or or, or do we I mean it's I don't when, you work, when you're working with somebody there is always that gonna always be that point where um you're, you're I don't know whether or not you can trust yourself or trust the other person to do what you want to do and, it, and it's hard to kind of convince them that this is the right way to do it but I think with mu making music and stuff when you're doing it and you're doing it live I think that's when we really feed into each other um, and it's something that I've never had before where I can just perform and someone's making a noise and I can just know what they expect me to do if you know what I mean and that happened by accident that wasn't something that just that wasn't something like this is what we'll do it just happened by accident and we've, we've done some things where we hadn't recorded anything and gone whoa that was we really connected then that, that was really good um but but planning something um which is you know i know it's um we were saying about it not being as big but it's still big to me, this Hammer of the Witches gig. It's still a big performance. But that's because you're spending all your time concentrating on the thing that creates your anxiety. Am I? Yes. I, th I think you, you're, you spend so much time thinking about the aesthetics and the, the actual performance, that, that, that kind of end result, that mm. you sort of lose other bits of it sometimes and I think that's but then I mean I don't spend a lot of time thinking about the final results so I think in in the end we actually balance each other out quite nicely because mm. I I do tend to kind of get lost in the details where you kind of always have the bigger picture and lose some of the details so that yeah. that balance in our do relationship you think that's a good, do you think that's a good match then to well, have that we can, if we were both we're the not, same we're thinking of the same thing if, in a creative vein it's good to have that well imagine if well. if we were both like you we'd be exceptionally loud um and probably mm. not doing an awful lot but if we were both like me we'd be constantly burrowed in and busy but nothing would ever come to fruition mm. because we'd get lost in, in the details and get lost in, oh, well, that's not, uh, we need to, um, that needs to, because I'm mm. a lot like that. So I think the balance of our two characters kind of brings it so that I'm not always lost in the details, but you're also not always focused on the end point. Yeah. So it's a, it's a good thing. Mm. I mean, we have, you know, we haven't really done many performances anyway, have we? together so yeah. two one two three is it three favorite one being second one what's your favorite one the third one was my favorite yeah that one i i enjoyed once we settled i enjoyed just that felt, one. just felt really relaxed yeah because no one turned up it was awesome yeah. <laughs> and do you remember what we did we did straight as well and um we finished it and I, I just I just really lost myself and thought it was just amazing and we just connected so well. And then we both went and then we, we both looked at each other and went, Oh <laughs> Well yeah, I think and Libby that was, said that, that Libby said that actually nearly made her cry, that one. Yeah. I know. So there, there was a, obviously there was something something in it that night. But I think I do think uh, that a lot of our a lot of our work and probably because of my influence a lot of our work needs an audience it needs that interaction 
which is mm. why sometimes when we're rehearsing things just kind of feel a bit flat yeah the, the, it, it just it just doesn't really work but we just we're, we're looking at something that's different because we're um well you know we're, we're recording and rehearsing from two different places aren't we and we're trusting technology and um you know and with envied eyes i keep on looking at these um facebook posts where they they've managed to have the zoom and have about 20 people on there yeah, you know, but the thing and, is, it's, it's uh, there been... was some there was some bands on and everything with the lead singer in the middle doing all this and everything. Um, it's being um, done though, isn't it? I, I so, think um... I think really when you look at that, it's awesome. It's great to look at, but it's been done and done and done and done. Yeah. I mean, I got sent. Um, somebody sent me their daughter's school orchestra doing it, and it's like, well, awesome. It is really really cool, but. Yeah. It's just the same as the last one that I saw, yeah. which again was also really cool. And and these, I'm not putting it down. I'm not saying it's rubbish. It's just, it it's done. Yeah. We we we're trying to kind of push that envelope out a little bit. We're kind of saying, well, brilliant, keep doing things like that because that's awesome. Mm. But what can we do with it? Where can we take it? What what can we do to to mm to sort of i don't know push out and 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 expand our horizons and and so, so we can do something different on zoom that no one else can do is that what you're saying i don't know if we can but if we're mm. just trying to do what everyone else is doing then we're never going to find out mm. it, it's that kind of yeah i mean i don't you know as much as it is is something that we have to do i've i've really don't like it it's um to me is it's the essence of the live music that i'm after mm. um you know and and as, as good as the ones that i've listened to are brilliant within that i mean it's possibly just what you've said it's it's just using music in the same old way and dividing the parts and uh, and and you know and having this 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 group coming from all these different places is great but the actual stuff that you're getting out the sound quality that you're getting out isn't as good as you would be if you were standing in a room and you could feel the vibrations of the bass and the and the you know the drumming and the pattern and the room moving and the atmosphere and just everything it's just not it's nothing on par it's like it's always been my saying keep music live i always love that saying mm. um I think there's something you just can't get. See, I think if we end up having to live stream what we do or record and then release later on, I think it's going to lose. It's going to lose a lot. Uh-huh. Because it, it will be listened to on like earbuds. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, yes, okay. It was a bit like listening to that um, tribal drumming <laughs> and, and saying, you know. Um, you I, just, me that. I just need that. It was just that, that it's, it's, it was as simple as that, is what I was trying to say. You know, yeah. using basic beats and shakers everywhere. And then when I listened to the actual thing, if we could get that. Well, that's really easy to you achieve. Know, it's just, you know, it would, it would sound awesome. But like I say, you don't get that unless you're actually in the Well, room. no, I mean, you, you, I assume, were listening to it on your phone. Yeah. So that, yeah. that was why I asked, how do you actually listen to it on proper speakers? Yeah. Because I was listening and I thought, well, you didn't mention anything about 
the frequencies or the fact that you can actually feel that i mean yeah, like that is yeah. literally shaking my floor yeah. and and you were you were like yeah this <laughs> yeah. yeah speakers <laughs> so it's like i say you know, there are things um i kind of get turned off listening to things um you know possibly because i spend a lot of my time making music um, and I'm influenced by what I hear. You know, I'll go through a stage where I'll be listening to um, a lot of Jim and I'll want to sort of scream and shout, and then I'll be listening to Meredith Monk and thinking about something that's a bit more theatrical, or then just listening to Radio 4 and, and then listening to sort of things that they, you know, things that, that inspire me more than in my younger day when I would just turn on music and just have music feeding through my earphones all the time. You know, Jet does that. You know, I she'll never just have something on and she'll just listen and listen and listen until she can't listen anymore. I don't, you know, I switch off. I can only associate with stuff that, um, I don't know, that interests, interests me in, in where I want to be in music. And that's what you become, don't you? Because when you become a, an artist, you're focused on what parts of the music making you're better at than anybody else to make it unique or to even try and make it unique, aren't you? You're focusing on your... See, I don't really listen to music. I mean, I no, walk that's around. Me. And I... it kind of worries me. I think it's worrying me. I know, that see, there I isn't love anything it. out there I walk I, around. I think is great. I walk around, I love walking, so when I go walking, so I walk around and I'm looking at people and they've got their earbuds in or their big overhead phone things and they're all inside this world and this whole world that's outside of their headphones is all mine. It's all yeah, mine. Exactly, and it's yeah. like I've got this whole playground of sounds and things that are going on and, and they're all... They're, I mean, they're not. They may as well not be there at all because they're not yeah. interacting. And I think there's, we're losing the more that we do this and we cover up and we're walking around with our phones, the more we're becoming disconnected from the world around us, from each other, from things that we do, yeah. from things that. I, I mean, you can't. You can't even approach these people, can you? You can't even ask the time because you know that you can just see the headphones and think, well, they're not going to listen to me. I've spent half an hour by doing all this sign language by the side of them. <laughs> You know, in it, yeah. <laughs> I, I just, um, no, I, remember, I remember Jet buying some really expensive headphones and having them, and I thought all I could think of was, my God, what should we nix them off your head? <laughs> it's very suspicious. <laughs> they were £100, like, oh, you know. Yeah, no, I have, I mean, I actually, I, I've, I've, uh, experimented with headphones, and, and people really do. It's, it's like doing this is like wearing an invisibility cloak the second you do this it's like you no longer exist you can walk around and people don't pay you any attention at all yeah. you take them off and people and i think this is possibly why people talk to me so much because i don't have headphones on so yeah. i'm immediately much much more approachable because i haven't got my invisibility cloak on but i do it when i see someone with headphones on i'm just like mm, whatever 
I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not that I try and interact with people anyway. I don't like people. <laughs> but that's that, there is that well, kind and, of... And, there's, and there's, it's the, um, also, I think it's been a long time since it's been on the bus, but um, headphones and you can hear most of what they're hearing, but just only like, a little bit. That's annoying. Yeah, it's also they're, they're going to go deaf. Because it's mm. too much, yeah, too close. Obviously too loud, yeah. yeah. Or they just shit headphones. Well, headphones. but if you can hear it, regardless of the quality of the headphones, it's too loud. But yeah, no buses. Buses were always one I would wear headphones on because I'm the person that 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 gets that the man that gets on the bus with a banana stuck out of his ear. He sits next to me every time. Yeah, I get those. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> Getting back to this question again, Bernie. Mm-hmm. Um, I am learning to trust my intuition. You know, because the question is, how do you learn to trust you? I am learning as I go. I think it's something that you have to practice. It's like meditation uh, or any kind of mindfulness, because it is, I mean, it's really, it's a mindfulness practice, isn't it? The, the... It's a confidence thing with me. Well, it is for everyone, I think. I, I don't... mean, that time, when, you know, just it's only been this week, I've not done anything with this arm, because I've got a bit of a dodgy arm. And, um, my, my, like I said, I told you, my hand was shaking when I was just trying to do it. I didn't trust myself to be able to do it. Now, there's nothing, I've got to start treating my arm like a normal arm, and I was thinking it was the dead arm. Mm. You know, and, and and this is what I had when I went to um, a, a physio about it. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't trust my own ability. So I'll do something, and I'm almost surprised when it works. <laughs> I think that that's that's generally a lot of creative people are like that though, because I think we always have something in our heads. But when we actually make it physical, or it makes it into the physical world, because mm. I think one of one of the things about being a creative person is you have thousands of ideas every single day. You have you see something, you think, oh, if I did X Y Z with that, I could make it into this, or oh, that conversation sparked off this train of thought, or oh, wow, look at that, I could paint that, and you have it is just like a constant chatter. And like I think sometimes because that's like the constant backdrop of of somebody that that creates art and art related stuff, I think when something actually makes it into the physical world, sometimes it is a bit like, ooh, <laughs> ooh where did that come from? I did it. I did yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I do think there are times when when we surprise ourselves because we spend so much time in conceptualization. People that I've not met. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's an awful lot of people out there you've not met. <laughs> Go. I must get out more. I'm going to break away from this bog climbing, and that's not just because of the COVID. No, I don't, but a lot of people don't, and I think I'm I'm unusual in this because I've had lived the way that I've lived my life. I mean, uh, the first sort of sixteen years of that, I didn't really have a choice in, but. Because my parents did the whole kind of constantly moving thing, so I've just been that that kind of want to stay in the same place, that, that safety net was removed for me at a really early age because there wasn't a safety net. I was going to be moved and my entire bubble was going to be burst and I was going to be taken out of the situations that I liked and felt comfortable in because that's just what 
my life was. That's how it worked. So I now find, I mean, I still find that quite uncomfortable when I do it, but I find that I do it easier than other people. Mm. So it's not, I mean, I would never recommend that you bring a child up like that. <laughs> Ever. No. <laughs> I've not I mean, done it to my own. Say, the thing is, you know, we become creative um, in a way, don't we? Well, we, we, all we, we, creative. Or we, or we, not, not become, we learn to identify that we have got that creativity. We learn, we learn um, to become. That other people don't seem to possess. It, well, you know, um, I think I'm still quite humble and I think to myself, oh, well, actually, that's quite good because I know I, there's things that I can do. But um, if I could get rid of that little person on my shoulder telling me that I'm no good. But you don't want that little person to disappear. You want that little person to be less negative, but you don't want that little person to disappear. Because if that little person disappears, oh, <laughs> if that little person, you met a little person. Yeah, we oh. all we all have one. No. Leave him alone. Why is he a he? <laughs> but no, if we lost that little person, if we lost that little person that was questioning, that was saying, "Why are you doing that? Are you sure you're going to do that?" then you become that really irritating twat that produces something that's shit and tells everyone it's amazing. Yeah. Do you want to be that person? Yeah, there's a few of them, isn't there? Yeah, so you lose that little person. I mean, you need to change the script of the little person or whatever it is yeah. you've, you kind of visualise that as. Change that, that internal monologue, change the script, but don't get rid of it. Mm. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. This is the last in this series of the introduction to Vowels and Berry. Our next series will begin in two weeks, where we start looking at the work that we produce, starting with our next project, Hammer of the Witches. We look forward to seeing you there.